Hi everyone. Welcome to the Desi Crime Podcast. I am Ishwarya, your host for this episode. And I'm Aryan. Before we start the case for today, we want all of you to go over to our Patreon and subscribe for amazing exclusive features like merch, awesome extra episodes, early access episodes, video calls with us and more. To help the podcast out and to avail these benefits, go to www.patreon.com/desicrime and select a tier that works best for you. The evening of the 29th of May, just 4 days before this episode was released, India was going about its regular business. It was a Sunday and families were out and about going for dinner or shopping at the grocery store like I was when the news broke. Armed assailants shoot and kill Punjabi cultural icon and hip hop star Sidhu Musewala. The 28-year-old was dead after being shot 24 times. But you're mistaken if you think this is a simple story of a crazed gun-carrying lunatic assassinating an influential man. This is a story of revenge, of politics, of gangs, of gun culture, of Khalistan. This is the story of a young man whose music took a country of billions by storm. This is the story of Sidhu Musewala. rough episode to cover you all the year 2021 in my life is characterized by this man's music by the time the year ended i had heard jadda mukabla and old school more than a thousand times making sidhu musewala my most heard artist on apple music and jadda mukabla and old school my first and second most heard songs of the entire year His music meant something to me. It made me feel a certain way in a phase of my life when I was going through something. And that's precisely why the loss of musicians hurts people so deeply. We take their music and in a sense make it our own. You know the day before Michael Jackson died is the day I became a Michael Jackson fan. Wow. And it was, it just took me a day to mourn his death even though i had been a fan only for less than 24 hours so i can imagine what it would be like to you when when our twitter and instagram feed started blowing up with rips to a 28 year old 28 year old i said this to all my friends i honestly felt like i was going to cry and there's something crazy about this because while this is a unique situation It's not unheard of especially in the world of hip hop. Hmm. Hip hop is described as the voice of the streets, a vehicle for raw social commentary and representation of the struggles of the common man. Hip hop originated in the Bronx in New York City, but that didn't stop the musical form from seeping into India. Hip hop is now a mainstream genre of music in this country with Indian rappers taking inspiration from legends like Dr. Dre, Eminem and Tupac. Despite the natural differences between hip hop in the United States and India, Aryan, 
there's a very eerie similarity between the genre in both countries. During my research for this episode, I couldn't help but ask, why are so many hip-hop artists killed, assassinated? What makes them targets? Does it have something to do with their music or is it purely a coincidence that according to a study of more than 13,000 musicians, more than half of all dead hip-hop artists were murdered? That's more than 50% of all dead rappers dying because they were killed, while the percentage across other genres was somewhere close to 6%. This study is of American rappers, but something happened in India a few days ago that makes us ask, is this really just a study of American rappers? A 50% mortality. That is That makes yep. being a rapper almost... Not almost. In fact, coal more dangerous. Coal, exactly. It makes it as dangerous as a cop out there or a firefighter. Yeah. 50%. That's an enormous yep. number. So we know what event you're talking about, Ashwarya. But a lot of us, just like me, are struggling to make sense of the very complicated why. Why was he killed? Why was he killed the way he was killed? There's almost too much information out there to wrap your head around. And I've got the answer to almost all of your questions. <laughs> Let's begin on the 29th of May 2022. The Facebook page of a notorious gangster named Goldie Barar or Satvinderjeet Singh, characterized as an A-plus gangster and fugitive by the Supreme Court of India put up a post. Written in English but spoken in Punjabi, the post said this. Ram Ram Bhai Sabko, Aaj joh katal hoya hai Siddhu Musa Alida, Oz di jimmewari, Mein te mera pra goldi brar lendeya. Aaj log sanu jovi kain par, Aes ne saadhe pra vikku mudu khede de katal karan vich help ki ti si. Asi aaj apne pra da badla le liya hai ga. मैं ऐसनु जयपुर तो कॉल वे कीती सी नाले कहा सी का कि तू गलत कीता ऐसने मैंनु कहा कि मैं किसी दी परवाह नहीं करता तू जो कर सकदा कर ले मैं भी वेपन लोड ही रखता ते फिर आज असी अपने प्राव कीदा इंसाफ ले लिया हैगा ऐता स्टार्टिंग आ हले जो उस कत्ल विच सी ओ भी तैयार रहन ते बाकी जो मीडिया च कह रहे कि AK47 चली ओ बिल्कुल गलत गला एवी फेक न्यूज़ ना चिल्लो आज असी सब दे वैम खट दित्ते ने जय बलकारी To read this post for yourself and see more stills from this case visit our Instagram at @desicrime But translated to English this post says quote I along with Sachin Bishnoi Dhatranwali Lawrence Bishnoi group take responsibility for the killing of Siddhu Musewala his name came up in connection with the murder of Vicky Midukhera and Gurlal Brar, and despite this, the police did nothing. He was also involved in the encounter of our brother Ankit Bhadu. Despite the fact that Delhi police named him as a suspect in the murder, he used his power to evade justice and escape the law. End quote. But there's a small problem. Goldie Brar is in Canada. Everyone knows he's in Canada. So how did he... No, wait. Who is he? Who is Vicky Mitukheda? Who is Lawrence Bishnoi? 
why would these gangsters kill a punjabi singer who is this punjabi singer whose death has shaken india to the core to be able to give you these answers i have to take you back to the beginning to the 11th of june 1993 in the village of musa in the mansa district of punjab in musa an indian army soldier and farmer balkor singh sidhu or bhola and his wife charan kaur were having a baby boy it was a day of celebration it was the family's first child their only child their only son subdeep singh sidhu sidhu grew up in mansa completing his education from the government model senior secondary school it was here around the 5th grade that sidhu began listening to hip hop and gangster rap growing to revere artists like tupac shakur by the 6th grade sidhu began singing baba banda singh bahadur songs who was a legendary sikh commander from the 18th century despite this interest in music though sidhu was always aware of the work that his parents had put in in the effort to educate him they were a middle class family and to throw his parents work away for a career that may never take off he wasn't going to do that to the two people he claims always stood by him and loved him through thick and thin so he decided electrical engineering is what he'll be studying he'll complete his education get a btech but he won't forget music and the talent that he knew he had by 2013 sidhu joined the guru nanak dev engineering college in ludhiana where he's remembered fondly even today as a shy boy with a bit of a stammer and a stutter in his everyday interactions but a whole different persona on stage with the confidence and charisma of a born star Isn't it amazing how you can have two completely different identities off the stage and on the stage it's almost <laughs> like when you're on the stage and I've experienced this there's a different energy that seeps yeah. through your body to you I mean I can't even imagine Siddhu having a stutter and yeah. if, if if Siddhu is shy I can't even imagine what all of us are and he was the perfect personification of that on stage off stage dichotomous personality and people remember that about him even today his former teacher gagandeep singh sodhi describes him as not a quote perfect singer but a crowd puller end quote from his second year onwards sidhu performed at college functions regularly even singing solo and making a name as an entertainer on the college campus Simultaneously around this time he began officially learning the art of singing and writing music from instructor Harvinder Bittu but he was writing for other people he made a mark for himself and actually began to gain success as a writer in the Chandigarh based Punjabi music industry while working for Ninja's track license but the idea of writing music and selling it off for someone else to sing never sat well with Sidhu his lyrics were his soul a part of his mind that he felt like he was auctioning off and so shortly after he quit Ninja's license and vowed to only ever write for himself By 2016, Sidhu graduated from college, but he wasn't quite ready to pursue music full time yet. And so he moved to Canada, where he attended Humber College to complete his higher education. It was here in Canada that Sidhu's journey to superstardom truly began. With the release of his first song G Wagon in 2017, under the name Sidhu Musewala as an ode to the village he came from. 
While the song G-Wagon and its YouTube video now has 3 million views, this wasn't the song that shot Musewala to fame. That song was <laughs> called So High. When Musewala released So High in collaboration with Canadian music director Big Bird in 2017, the song was an instant hit in a way nobody, including Musewala, expected. It was only the second song he had ever released, but the gangster rap today has 500 million YouTube views and won Musewala the 2017 Brit Asia TV Music Award for Best Lyricist. And the lyrics of the song were genius, make no mistake, but they also set a tone for Musewala's music style that many would come to criticise. With references to 12-gauge shotguns, threats to gangsters, his love for loaded guns and his convoy of loaded gunners that roamed the streets with him, the song has sounds of bullets ringing all throughout the background. From the very onset, parallels to a culture of gangster rap from the West, made mainstream by artists like Tupac, were visible and obvious in Musewala's music. This specific style of hip-hop, gangster rap, glorifies street gangs, assault, drug dealing and weapons, making it incredibly controversial. But Musewala made no qualms about his musical style. He adopted gangster rap as his own, paying homage to his idol Tupac and became the hip-hop poster boy for such music in India. So High had put Musewala on the map and he was here to stay. If just his second song receiving so much acclaim wasn't impressive enough, his debut album titled PBX1 drove India and Canada crazy. The album debuted at number 66 on the Billboard Canadian album charts and reached number 1 on iTunes and became the top Indian pop album. The songs Jadda Mukabla, Badfella and Daud were ranked number 11, 24 and 26 on the UK Asian music charts and Jadda Mukabla, Badfella and Self Made also featured in Apple Music's Punjabi Essential playlist. But yet again, all this acclaim came with deep criticism of his musical style and lyrical choices. He was labelled an artist of many contradictions who wore his Sikh faith as a badge of honour but somehow forgot that the purpose of his religion was to be anti-caste and egalitarian when he wrote songs like Jadda Mukabla that glorified his high caste status and promoted violence. That is so interesting and I just something I've been thinking about. Isha, you know my musical taste has uh, developed over the years. It started from horrible or no music taste (laughs) and then it's some I enjoy rap thoroughly. And I was initially of the opinion that rap is such a deranged form of music. It's so cheap, vile, vulgar. But the more I explode the roots of rap, it's not all... Mm -hmm. Sex, baby, this, that, drugs, gang, it's not all of that. Hidden in those words are much deeper meaning. There's a poetry to rap. And the thing was, I was able to discover um, poetry and rap in the form of some of early Eminem music, early Dr. Dre music, Mm -hmm. Logic. I mean, there's so many rappers I listen to whose music, it's literally poetry with a beat. After the tragic incident happened, I ended up reading translations of some of the lyrics of um, Siddhu Musewala's songs. 
Ishwarya, if Shakespeare had written that, I'd be like, mm-hmm, yeah, I, yeah, that makes makes complete sense. Really, a beautiful lyrics, beautiful. So you're saying perhaps Jardha Mukabla doesn't glorify his high caste status and gets at something deeper than that. Uh, that that's not a hill I'm willing to die on. All I'm saying, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all I'm saying is that. people should be cognizant of the fact that if you have a knee jerk response towards rap being violent vulgar trust me i understand that i believe that up until um some time back just have an open mind and truly try to understand the lyrics i agree with that and that's an incredibly interesting take for i think all forms of poetry and art but in this album to aryan despite whatever you say people notice that in the background of so many of his songs in his new album the sound of automatic weapons being loaded bullets being shot and cop car sirens were rampant some of his lyrics were deemed so controversial he faced legal action In September of 2019 for example the Akali Dal which by the way is the second oldest political party in India and so this complaint was no joke claimed that Musewala inappropriately referred to Mai Bhago a 17th century Sikh warrior woman in the leaked version of one of his unreleased songs The Akali Dal condemned the singer for quote showing the great martyr exceptionally skilled warrior and highly revered Sikh woman Mai Bhago in a bad light in the video of his latest song and quote asking the Punjab government to quote immediately ban the song and ensure a stern action against the culprits by registering a criminal case against the singer lyricist and the company for intentionally hurting the feelings of the Sikh community end quote The senior vice president of the Akali Dal Daljeet Singh Chima said Siddhu Musewala had quote committed a heinous crime end quote Then in December of 2020 Musewala released a single titled Punjab My Motherland in which he glorified Khalistani separatist Jarnail Singh Bhindranwale and the song included visuals from a speech made by Khalistani supporter Bharpur Singh Balbir in the late 1980s The first four lines of that song Aryan talk about how Punjab won't be suppressed because Punjab isn't like Kashmir. Oh Now for no. those of you that don't know what this means and why this is a big deal to a lot of people, Jarnail Singh Bhindranwale was the Sikh leader who made the Golden Temple his headquarter to demand that Punjab be given independence from India and made a separate country. It was to kill this man that Prime Minister Indira Gandhi had ordered troops into the Golden Temple under Operation Blue Star which eventually led to her own assassination. To glorify Bhindranwale in his lyrics is to glorify the very essence of the Khalistani movement which wants Punjab to not be Indian territory anymore. As of the day of his death there were four criminal cases against the artist. One was about two viral videos of Musewala which show him training to use an AK47 with the help of six police officers and the other <laughs> saw him use his personal pistol. The six officers seen helping Musewala in the video were all suspended following the incident and Musewala was booked under two sections of the Arms Act. The other was about his single titled Sanju in which he compared himself to actor Sanjay Dutt who was also arrested under the Arms Act. Indian sports shooter Avneet Sidhu criticized the song and called out Musewala for promoting gun culture. The next day a case was registered against him for releasing the song. The songs he wrote all of them almost all of them had a very clear message. 
life was meant to be lived on the wild side with loads and loads of pride and no fear of consequences you know whatever said and done um and i am not somebody steeped in the khalistani movement of course since i'm an indian i can see my political biases being separate from theirs but the thing is isn't incredible music and incredible art usually provocative and isn't it a provocateur that leads to great art and i'm i'm not defending the politics that his art espouses that not for a second not only because i don't support it but because i'm not you know knowledgeable enough about the some of some of the things he was talking about but just the essence of any great piece whenever i think of any great yeah. artist whenever i think of there is some controversial idiosyncratic trait they possess could this have been just one of his among the wild side and his inspirational and poetic side i don't know but it's worth speculating i think it definitely could have been and that argument would have been way stronger had he not eventually joined politics which we'll get to hmm. had he perhaps just remained an artist people would have judged his music differently but matters change when you're running for public office but I, and i but i don't think that he was while writing those lyrics envisioning a political career maybe he was no not at all yeah exactly but, but that's a very good point that. you make but it would also be a mistake to reduce his music to just all of this somehow despite the cocky confidence and rebellion of his lyrics his music remained humble and so did he He wrote deep and thoughtful odes to his parents in two separate songs dedicated to both of them always remembering and going back to his middle class upbringing. He wrote lyrics for the farmers that protested the policies of the current administration. He wrote lyrics of a Punjab that wouldn't be pushed around by the Delhi government and would stand on its own. He wrote songs on the dark side of the success he was experiencing. In fact, despite the fame that Musewala had gained, his main residence was still back in his village in Musa, where he shared a humble home with those closest to him, his family. At the heart of it, he was a loving son and a caring friend who understood the influence he had and used that influence to make change that he deemed right. which is why not only did musewala play an active role in helping his mother campaign and ultimately win the local election from musa in 2018 but he also joined the indian national congress under chief minister charanjit singh channi and punjab pradesh congress committee president navjot singh sidhu In fact, on the 3rd of December 2021, Musewala contested the 2022 Punjab Legislative Assembly elections, winning 20.52% of the votes from the Mansa constituency. Musewala lost to Aam Aadmi Party's Vijay Singhla by a margin of approximately 64,000 votes. And then, in a result that shook the political roots of the state of Punjab, the indian national congress and the akali dal both of which had governed the state of punjab for 70 years 70 years lost hmm. colossally to the aam aadmi party which won 90 seats performing better than any other single political party in the history of the state of punjab musewala took the defeat hard 
on the 11th of April 2022 he released a song titled Scapegoat in which he looked back on the failures of the election the song is direct and essentially calls aam aadmi party voters traitors or gaddars and aap criticized the song and the singer too while aap enjoyed the fruits of their sweeping victory in punjab for a few months the events of the 29th of may seem to have permanently dented the credibility of the state government led by chief minister bhagwant man just a day before on the 28th of may chief minister bhagwant man made a sweeping declaration he was going to fulfill his promise to the common man by fighting vip culture and let's be clear vip culture is a problem it's taxpayer money used to employ public government officials for the security of the wealthy who often times possess the means to afford their own security But on the flip side private security in India is more complicated than in a country like the US for example guns are harder to own and their licenses harder to obtain making private security much less effective than the actual police and the national security guard commandos protecting you if you're listening to me say all of this and wondering why giving each vip maybe four or five police officers for protection in a country of so many people and so many police officers is a big deal you're thinking like me and you're asking the same question i asked but then i found this out in india there are six tiers of security provided by the government depending on the level of risk you're at the lowest level of security is called level x which provides 12 police personnel to one person at risk one individual 12 police personnel this is the lowest level that's the lowest <laughs> the highest level of security is called z plus where 150 police personnel oh and God. more than 10 <laughs> national security guard commandos are offered to one at risk individual Can you give me an example of what kind of individuals I'm guessing the prime minister the supreme court Mulayam justice Mulayam Singh Yadav for example was notorious for having Z plus level of security so he was supposed to have 150 personnel and 10 commandos but in reality he had 300 and some police officers at his disposal and 20 some NSG commandos Mulayam Singh for those who don't know is the former chief minister of Uttar Pradesh that Correct. is unbelievable 100 more than 350 yeah and wow. in actuality more than 300 so the magnitude of manpower is clearly astronomical so bhagwant man wasn't wrong this is a problem to tackle this vip culture he decides to order a reduction or complete withdrawal of security for a list of 424 vips and vvips with immediate effect This was the third time the AAP government was pulling security away like this in their just 5 months in office in the state of Punjab. Please don't One say what you're going to say. On this list Aryan of 424 people was you know it Sidhu Musewala. Musewala's security was reduced by half leaving no him with just way. two police officers for protection. Now such a list a list of people that the government is protecting is a highly confidential document despite the sensitive nature of this document this list somehow leaked from the protection of the AAP government according to the Deccan Herald quote 
the list was floated on our WhatsApp groups and social media platforms. The chief minister tweeted the VIP list as a publicity tool and as evidence of his government's commitment to wage a war against the VIP culture without considering that if a highly confidential security document is leaked in this manner, it's a violation of the Official Secrets Act. End quote. Okay, so it's, it's a standard protocol to not have this le- uh, this information yes, be public. absolutely. So the yes. chief minister knowingly or unknowingly at least engaged in negligence to the very minimum. 100%. Wow. Yes, he did. In fact, this isn't all. There was time to fix this after this too. Once this list was leaked, the Intelligence Bureau reported that one of the people now at high risk due to the leaked list was Sidhu Musewala. But it seemed like the Punjab government ignored this warning. They completely ignored it. On the 29th of May, Musewala was supposed to go meet his aunt in the Barnala village in Mansa in Punjab, but he was supposed to be going with his two best friends, Gurvinder Singh and Gurpreet Singh. What that meant was that if Musewala was to take his now two security officials along with him, that would make the total number of people on this trip five. But Musewala's Mahindra Thar that he was planning to drive that day couldn't fit five people. And so, in a move I'm sure everyone close to him will look back on for the rest of their lives, Musewala decided not to travel with his security at all and decided not to travel in his bulletproof vehicle. Oh no. But Siddhu Musewala's father knew what his son was going through for the last few months. The calls from the gangsters, the death threats... And the now-removed security and the leaked list, the trip just seemed way too dangerous. And so, his father decided he'd follow his son's vehicle in a different car, and with him will sit the two security personnel, just in case. When Musewala's car reached his aunt's village, a shot was fired from behind the vehicle, while another car blocked his Mahindra Thar from the front. Suddenly, a man carrying an automatic assault weapon appeared in front of the jeep, began firing and kept firing till what felt like forever. Musewala took out his personal pistol and fired two rounds, but it just wasn't enough. There were now eight to ten assailants surrounding the thar, each armed with an assault rifle. The assailants fired at the car continuously from three sides. Musewala tried to escape. He tried to get out of the car and run. But there was nowhere to run. He just couldn't. Of the 30 rounds fired in the attack that lasted a total of less than 2 minutes, 24 bullets hit Musewala. Each of the guns used in the attack was an AN-94 Russian assault rifle. But what is absolutely crazy is that some houses that were around 200 meters away from the spot of the killing also had bullet holes in their walls. People from the village rushed to the spot of the attack. In front of them was a black thar with so many bullet holes that just the sight of the car and its broken windshield and glasses was enough to make people sick to their stomachs. The locals on the scene of the attack said, quote, 
The jeep was locked from the inside and we had to break open its doors to get inside and take out the wounded people. Though he was badly wounded, his heart was still beating. We sensed it. End quote. Musiala's father carried his son's bleeding body out of the thar and into the other car. He rushed him and his two best friends to the Mansa Civil Hospital where the just 28-year-old singer was pronounced dead on arrival but both his friends survived to tell the horrific tale of the assassination. Just a few hours after the killing, the Facebook post went up. Gangster Goldie Barar took responsibility. But that brings us back to our first few questions. Who was Goli Barar and Lawrence Bishnoi? Who is Vicky Mittukhera? And why did these gangsters claim they killed a Punjabi singer? Firstly, it's important to know that Goli Barar is in Brampton in Canada, from where he operates an extortion module in India and manages the Bishnoi gang. Lawrence Bishnoi, on the other hand, is in the notorious Tihar jail. They are both prominent and notorious gangsters in the state of Punjab and they are both members of a gang called the Bishnoi Gang which allegedly is a network of more than 700 members including sharpshooters who continue to expand their base in the criminal underworld of India. It was Lawrence Bishnoi who vowed to kill actor Salman Khan in full public view. Their principal rival gang is called the Bimbiha gang and reportedly Musewala or at the very least his manager Shaganpreet were involved with the Bimbiha gang. The rivalry between the two gangs has led to seven murders since 2016, a list that now reportedly includes the murder of Sidhu Musewala. If this story is to be believed and this is the main theory of the Punjab police and the Delhi police special cell Musewala got dragged into the gang rivalry when his manager Shaganpreet helped the Bimbiha gang murder Akali Dal youth leader Vicky Mittukhera who was shot at 10 times in Mohali in August of 2021. It seems like Mittu Khera had ties to the Bishnoi gang and had supported Lawrence Bishnoi when Bishnoi was standing for student organization elections at the Punjab University. By 2020, Chandigarh police had registered an FIR or a first information report against Mittu Khera for providing logistical support to members of the Bishnoi gang. If the Delhi police special cell is to be believed, Musewala was also involved in the murder of Mittu Khera. Soon after Mittu Khera was killed, Musewala's manager Shaganpreet fled to Australia where he still today making Musewala the primary target of the Bishnoi gang. The Delhi police special cell has traced a call made from within Tihar jail by an inmate named Sharukh just a few days before the murder of Musewala. The call was made all the way to Canada where the police knows Goldie Barar is hiding. Sharukh was apparently also using some discreet third-party mobile app to text Goli Barar in the days before the murder. In the aftermath of the brutal killing, Musewala's father has written to Punjab Chief Minister Bhagwant Mann to hand over the murder probe to the sitting judge of the Punjab and Haryana High Court and has also asked the CBI or the NIA to help with the investigation. In his letter he is also asked the inspector general of the police to apologize for claiming that his son had any involvement in gang wars his son's death was caused by gangs yes but because of the negligence of the punjab state government 
in a response man assured the family that he'd do everything in his power to bring justice to the singer in fact man has gone ahead and already set up the commission that he promised to musewala's father man has also restated security for all 423 vips because one of them is now no more but demands to have bhagwant man step down as punjab chief minister are ramping up as the high court asks for an explanation on how the confidential list of vip names leaked from within government security there are two important questions to ask in this case in my opinion at least the first how has indian politics become what it is where gang members are also members of the youth governments of major political parties at major universities and state governments can be capable of such gross disregard for human life the second question is what is the role of art in society especially of music and especially on the young was musewala not glorifying exactly the kind of act that led to his own murder Such acts aren't glorious they're tragic. Vicky Mitukhera's family is mourning the loss of their son even today. Their son whose murder was recorded in broad daylight on multiple CCTV cameras, a footage I'm sure his parents and brother have watched. Siddhu Musewala's family will continue to mourn the loss of their son's life for decades to come, probably for their entire life. They cremated their son yesterday as hundreds of thousands of fans gathered on the streets to say one last goodbye to the man whose talent shaped Indian music. His father stood next to his son's body and took off his pug or turban as a sign of showing he had nothing left anymore. Everything was taken away from him when his son was killed in front of his eyes. Musewala wished to live like his idol Tupac, emulating his music and his style, and he died like his idol too. Musewala's last song was titled The Last Ride and was full of references to the car ride where the rapper was shot four times and killed. The cover of the single is the black car in which Tupac was shot. There is one line in this song however that has continued to cause chills to run down the spine of millions who loved Musewala. It is visible in the eyes of the young boy. His funeral will take place in his youth.